Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Friday edition of Game is Conduct. I am Don LaGreca. Apologies for Wednesday. It was just too tight with everything going on in Toronto. And like full disclosure, I was doing the game in Toronto, and I, my full intention was to try to get to the arena early to do the podcast. And it was snowing, so I didn't want to walk outside. So I wanted to go through the mall area from where we stayed to the arena. And by the time I got to the arena, it was it was too late. I didn't know where I was going. It's the first time I tried to go through the uh, the bowels of Toronto to try to get to the arena instead of walking outside. But it was like full blown blizzard. And by the time I got there and got set up, that's why sometimes doing these from the arenas, it's kind of hit or miss. Is the engineer going to be there on time? Am I going to be there on time? And we've got the meeting for the K show at two thirty. It's like a whole big thing. So anyway, sorry for no podcast on Wednesday, but just more to talk about today. Because it's really getting interesting. And, and you look back to last night, the game of the night obviously was Lightning Bruins. And we spent a lot of Monday's podcast just talking about how good the Bruins have been and how unbeatable they seem to be. And everybody seems to be in agreement. The one thing that can really submarine the Bruins would be injury. You know, they haven't had any kind of catastrophic injuries to deal with other than the McAvoy injury to start the season. And, you know, they dodged a bullet uh, last Wednesday when Bergeron took the puck to the face and, and didn't miss any time. A little bit in the game itself, but he came back and played that game against the Islanders, played the next night against the Rangers. Um, but you look at teams like, all right, well, you know they're going to the playoffs, you know they're going to win the President's Trophy, so what can upend them? And, and you look at the game last night and. A team like Tampa can. Like, Tampa's been there, done that. They got the T-shirt, right? Three straight Stanley Cup finals. And if the Bruins and Lightning ever were to meet, you just, who knows? Now, this game was in Tampa, and this game was 3-2 final, and it took a Hedman goal with, like, less than seven minutes to play in regulation to pull the victory out. And, and both teams had a ton of shots on goal. Boston 39, Tampa 35. But the usual suspects, Hagel's really been good for the Lightning, 19 goals now on the season. Um, and also, we all know how how good you know Kucherov has been. Points got 28 goals. So, again, I'm not saying that they laid the template out, but but it's just a reminder. It's only the sixth game in regulation Boston has lost. But you know, before we start hanging championships on teams, you realize that once you get to a best of seven, and there's certain teams in this league that are not going to blink against the Boston, and Tampa's that team, right? And then you look at the reverse of it. Well, if, if Toronto had to beat Boston, it's a completely different thing. They don't have the resume. They've got, if anything, on their resume not being able to beat the Boston Bruins in a big spot. So I'm not saying that the Bruins have to avoid the Lightning. Sure, they could be the Lightning in the best of seven series, especially having home ice advantage. And I'm not going to look at one game in Tampa and say, see, this tells you that they're beatable. But what it does remind you is, is that there are certain teams out there, no matter where they may finish in the standings. And that's why I kind of rely on Colorado out west as well, even though they've been very Jekyll and Hyde this season. You get them in the best of seven series. You've got a ton of guys, a bunch of rings jingling and jangling, that that's where... 
you're not ready to just say Boston's a lock to win a Stanley Cup. But, you know, very seldom do you get these, like, fun regular season games late January against two teams that know they're going to the playoffs. But, boy, you just you watch that game and you say, boy, that's, those are the elite teams, right? Those, those are the teams that are really above everybody else. And I've got the pleasure of doing play-by-play for the Rangers and seeing Boston and, and watching Toronto like I did um, back uh, early in the week on Wednesday. And you just see that there's just a level of play, the consistent level. And the one thing that they all have in common, guys, as much as defense wins championships and goaltending wins championships, when you take a look at this league right now, it's a really about scoring goals. It, it really is. I mean, the old days of the left wing lock and the trap and let's win games one nothing, two nothing, uh, two to one. Yeah, that'll be the way. Obviously, the, the the offense and the room, all that will be different once we get into the playoffs. But you take a look at some of the scores in this league. And how no lead is safe. I mean, even the Nashville Predators are putting up a six spot, albeit one of the goals was into an empty net. But, you know, 10 goals with the Predators and the Devils last night. You know, Canadians and Red Wings were 3-3 th- tie after one period of play. I mean, just it's craziness um, that goes on. Blackhawks scored five goals last night. Coyotes scored five goals last night. The Ducks scored five goals last night. These are limited offensive teams still finding the ability to be able to score and the the reason that they can't win on a consistent level is because they can't score on a consistent level but you look at Boston and you look at Bergeron you look at Pasternak and you look at guys like Hall sometimes playing on the third line they don't let up Uh, there's somebody on almost every line at least the top nine forwards that all can score all get pressure all put bodies in front of the net um, the Leafs, the same thing, and we just found out Austin Matthews is going to miss the next three weeks. Barkoff is going to replace him on the All-Star team, but it's not just about Matthews, right? I mean, Matthews is having a good year, but Marner's having a better year. Nylander's having a better year. You know what John Tavares can do. Um, they've got guys on the blue line that can score. Uh, Lilligren is somebody you don't really think of, and yet he scored the game-winning or the game-tying goal on Wednesday to set up the game-winner by Marner. That's... You know, that's where it is right now in this league is that the elite teams just find ways to score. You know, Tampa, you know, they've done it years with Stamkos and Kucherov and Point. I mean, you just rattle these names off and they all play on different lines and they all can play on different uh, uh, units on the power play. It just, it just constantly in your face. You know, New Jersey's another one, uh, whether, you know, it's his year uh, and the kind of year he's having and certainly 31 goals now for Hughes. Now, we'll see whether some of these teams can do it in the postseason, especially when they might have to meet each other early. You know, Toronto and Boston are destined to meet each other if things continue this way in the second round. But, you know, you score offense. You try to find that kind of consistency. And it takes us back to a conversation earlier in the week about the Islanders. They're not scoring. They're not winning, period. That's the way it is. I mean, you can try to grind it out all you want in this league. You are going to find ways to give up opportunities. It's just going to happen. I don't care how good your goaltending is. I don't care how good your defense is. I don't care how good your plan is. These teams are going to find ways to score on you. And if you think you're going to win games with one nothing, 2-1 to one every single night, it's just not going to work out. The Islanders are just right now in a kind of pitted to spawn. They just can't get out of it because they can't find their offense. They can't find their rhythm at all. And that's why they're in the situation that they're in. Florida, kind of the same thing. They have the ability at times, but haven't been able to do it on a consistent enough basis. You know it's in them because you saw it the other night. Um, and what they've been able to do in that crazy game against Pittsburgh. Um, But uh, is it there consistently enough? Now, same thing with Calgary. 
um, with with the, what they've gone through. So that's what I kind of look at when I see the Blues and I see, or excuse me, when I see the Bruins and I see the Lightning and I see the 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 uh, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs, like the elite teams in this league. Like what makes them elite? The best teams in the NHL. We're gonna have the top five coming up. You know, Carolina, New Jersey. Um, you look at teams. You know, certainly the the Western teams. Dallas has put together a tremendous amount of offense this year. Maybe more than than people could have expected. That's what's going to find you being a really good team in this league is just being able to roll the lines and being consistent and creating that kind of an offense. And, you know, covering the Rangers the way that I do, they're a team that kind of teeters back and forth. Are they an elite offensive team? Are they not an elite offensive team? At times, it seems like when they're led by Panarin and Zabanajad and Kreider's on his game, you know, certainly you do get those bursts. Tietl was great the other night, scoring both goals in the second period against Toronto. But does it happen consistently enough? Now, fortunately for them, they've got an elite goaltender and a really good defensive core where they can still find ways to win games when the offense isn't there. But right now, if you want to be one of the top teams and you know, hey, I know if I have to, I can score four or five goals in this game and win no matter how our goaltender's playing, no matter how bad our kill might be, no matter how much struggling we are to to limit the amount of shots on goal and opportunities, we'll find an offensive way to be able to win the game. And clearly teams like the Bruins and the Lightning, you're kind of reminded of that. Um, Nashville needs wins. <laughs> they desperately need wins, and they beat the Devils uh, by the final score of 6-4. to four. 41 shots on goal for Nashville, 39 for the Predators, and, and it's finally not about uh, thir- uh, 39 for the Devils. It's not about the goaltending. They actually got some offense. Duchesne kind of woke up, had a great game, and he's had uh, you know certainly his struggles in recent um recent times but he's got 14 19 for Forsberg the Devils just kept coming right they just kept finding ways to stay into the game uh, Mercer scored late to make it interesting uh, Jeannot puts it away with the empty netter with eight seconds to go but they didn't need the goaltending to get it done it seems like every time Nashville wins getting back to the point that I made earlier in the podcast is that you know you rely on your goaltending, you rely on your goaltending, but where's the offense going to be? And you know certainly they got decent goaltending last night for the amount of shots that they faced, but it wasn't just the goaltending, it wasn't Soros, you know, um, you know finding ways to, um, to 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 carry the Nashville Predators. They were kind of able to do it, um, but Soros did have the 34 saves. But it was kind of cool to see Nashville put some offense up there with a chance to try to climb back into this playoff race. Right now, they've got 54 points. They're a point back at Colorado. One more game played. So they're still very much in this as far as the West, the Central is concerned. Minnesota got a much-needed win, but they've been very averages of late. They've got 56 points. So Nashville is only two points back. But again, Minnesota's got a game in hand there. So... There is a lot of work for Nashville to do, so they really needed that win. That was big. Capitals, the same thing. Tons of shots in this one. 45-37, the shots in favor of Washington. They win in a shootout, 3-2. to two. And this is another thing that kills the Islanders. And this is why it's so difficult, especially as we get into the second half of the year, be able to make up points because those are two teams that the Islanders are chasing after, and it ends up being in a three-point game. Washington wins, so they've got 58. They're in first place in the wild card. And even in defeat, 
Pittsburgh still picked up a point. Now, Pittsburgh is 5-2-3 and three in their last 10. They kind of opened the door a little bit. The Islanders have dropped three in a row, one win in their last 10. So they're certainly not helping themselves. But, you know, you see Washington Pittsburgh. You just want to see one of those teams come away with no points, and yet both ended up getting points. So now the Islanders have dropped now to, to fifth place in the wild card. They've got to climb over Florida and Buffalo just to get to Pittsburgh. They're six points back of Pittsburgh. And, oh, by the way, Pittsburgh's got two games in hand. Now, the Islanders have a game in hand on Washington, but they're seven points back. It's really looking like the Islanders, and Lou Lamarillo before the game against Ottawa on Wednesday said, it's on me to pull them out of this. When are we going to get to the point now where if they're going to be making any deals at the deadline, they're going to have to be sellers instead of buyers. I mean, they've got some assets that could really help rejigger this team moving forward. I don't know if there's a deal to be made. Yeah, sure, they want offense, but you know, is it going to be enough? Is there enough time? They've already played 50 games. Uh, we'll see what they do tonight. They're taking on the Detroit Red Wings, uh, a team that's playing in the second of back-to-backs. Maybe they'll catch a break there. But they just desperately need wins. One, six, and three over their last 10. They have not scored a third period goal in 11 straight games now. The Islanders just look like they're a mess. Florida's trying to play better. Buffalo's been hot. Buffalo's won five in a row. We've talked a lot about their goal differential of plus 21, which is better than Pittsburgh, better than Washington in a race for the wild card. Just tells you that Buffalo's kind of ready to pop. They're making up their games now. They've played 48 games now. Same amount as Pittsburgh, so they're just two points off the pace there. They are right now just three points back of Washington with three games in hand on Washington. So that's a big game coming up against Minnesota in Minnesota for Buffalo, but things are starting to come together for them. So the more you look at it, it feels like Florida could still be alive, but Buffalo's still very much alive to get in there. And if you look at Buffalo, all right, what team could be in danger of falling out of this? And is it going to be Pittsburgh? Very average away from home, 10-10-5. They've been pretty good at, uh, excuse me, on the road, pretty good at home. But who's going to fall out? Is it going to be Washington? Is it going to be Pittsburgh? Clearly, it's not going to be Tampa, who's third place in the Atlantic Division. I don't think it's going to be the Rangers. They've got 60 points as much as they've been a little inconsistent. Um, and Kreider's got to get his act back together after coming back from that injury. I don't think they're in any danger of falling out of the playoffs. But let's keep an eye on Washington. Let's keep an eye on Pittsburgh because those are the teams that haven't clinched anything yet. And Buffalo's eyeballing both of them. And maybe this can finally be the year that Buffalo puts it together and gets in to the postseason. Um, you know, I'm sorry, Calgary, you want to make the playoffs, right? And you got a home game against the Blackhawks. And the Blackhawks have played much better. Give them credit. You know, they've won seven of their last ten, but you can't lose five to one. I'm sorry, to the Chicago Blackhawks when you're desperate to try to make the playoffs. And right at this second, Calgary's on the outside looking in. Now, they're tied in points with Colorado, and Colorado has been no great shakes either, although they've won seven of their last ten, but they lost again last night. But, you know, Colorado's got two games in hand. Calgary's played 49 games. They've got Nashville creeping up. Nashville's got a game in hand on Calgary. Uh, Edmonton's got a three-point lead with the same amount of games played. Now, they all have played much better, better goal differentials as well. Calgary's is sitting at a plus two, so it's certainly nothing great. You know, Calgary can be in a lot of trouble. Nashville's getting hot. Look out for them. Uh, St. Louis now, they've been up and down all year. Now they've lost three in a row, so I don't think you really count on the Blues. So in the West, I'm looking at Calgary, Nashville as the teams that can legitimately make the playoffs. And right now, I'm very high on Nashville. I'm kind of down 
on Calgary right now. So that's where we stand with those games. Again, the Blues, two, three losses in a row. Lose at Mullet Arena, five to nothing to the Coyotes. Coyotes are able to score five goals on 20 shots. I mean, give me a break. I mean, the goaltending just has to be better for St. Louis if they're expected to make any kind of a run. And they're just way too inconsistent for me as Grice uh, ends up giving up four goals on the 25 shots. Um, in that game as he gave up, just faced, again, the 25-21 saves. Not good in a 5 to nothing win for the Coyotes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So since we're talking about the standings and kind of getting into it there, why don't we dive right into, since it's Friday, our weekly top five. Don LaGreca's Friday Top Five. Number five. Nueva Jersey is 66 points. I've got them at number five. Tremendous goal differential despite their loss in Nashville last night. A plus 39. They're finally getting some grooves at home. A team that lost eight straight games at home now are 13-10-2 at home. Still not great, but when you compare it to 18-3-2 on the road, they have really been terrific. Uh, Vanacek has been tremendous for them. If they're going to get the goaltending, they're going to be great, right? And, you know, Hughes might be the first devil ever. Ever to be able to get 50 goals and 100 points. Right now, he's had a tremendous season for them as he was able uh, to pick up a goal last night. So he's got 31 goals now on the season. So he's got a real shot at getting 50 through 48 games. He's got 62 points, so that might be a little tougher to get to the 100 points. But the way they've been able to rely on him, he just gets better and better and better. I love the New Jersey Devils and the way they're playing, and I've got them at number five. Number four. Maybe a little recency bias, but I was really impressed with the win over Boston last night. I've got Tampa Bay sliding in to number four. Plus 31 goal differential has been good. They've won seven of their last ten as well. You know how good this team is capable of being. And they're going to hover, and they're going to have their moments where you're like, oh, what's wrong with Tampa? But then you see things like last night where they can just flip a switch and be good. And now we're getting into that time of season where you know they might not be able to win this division. Matter of fact, there's no shot of them winning this division. But you know they can creep up maybe, especially with this Matthews injury for Toronto, and find themselves trying to get back to second place and trying to get that home ice advantage in that first round of the playoffs. And this could be their opportunity. They right now are um, five points back of Toronto, but have two games in hand. Um, and we'll see whether they'll be able to take advantage of that Matthews injury and climb up. But I've got Tampa at number four. Number three. 
Carolina Hurricanes, have, they find ways to survive injuries, right? Now, they've won three in a row, all this after that devastating injury that Max Pacioretty suffered with the Achilles. But, you know, it's the usual suspects. It's Ajo. It's Natchez. Uh, goaltending has been good. Coaching has been terrific. They sit atop the Metropolitan Division with games in hand on New Jersey and the Rangers. Uh, they're a terrific team. They're very balanced as well. Just five regulation losses at home, just four regulation losses away. I've got the Carolina Hurricanes sitting at number three. Number two. I really like this Toronto team, and they'd be getting a lot more press, I think, if they weren't in the same division as the Boston Bruins. Now, they've lost Matthews here for the next three weeks, but maybe that'll end up being a good thing for them because maybe that'll mean that Matthews will have less mileage or less tread on, more tread on the tires once they get to the all-important postseason. There's really nothing for the Leafs to really engage in here for the regular season. They can't win the division. They can't impress anybody until they get to the postseason. But i got to tell you, I think they're exceptionally well-coached. I like like this blue line a lot. I do. And this is without, you know, some really significant players. Muzzin's out, Brody's out, and yet they still, Lilligren has been very impressive for them. Um, you Now they've were able to get Riley back and healthy, and that certainly helps, especially on the power play. But Nylander has been just terrific having a career year. We know how good Marner is. We know how good Matthews is. You know, Tavares, they win face-offs. They, they spend a lot of time in the zone. The, the impressive thing about Toronto is if you want to cycle you want to spend time in the zone they can do that but they can also take advantage of those stress passage um, stretch passes outlet passes get odd man rushes and no better indication of that than how well they play in the second period the long change i think allows them to really counter punch pretty well because they can really take advantage of their speed the other thing that's very underrated about toronto is how good they are at home they're 19 3 and 4 at home and Ilya samsonov has yet to lose in regulation at home he is 14 0 and 1 at home, which is unbelievable. So the Toronto Maple Leafs I have at number two. Number one. Yeah! I mean, it's just not going to change. I don't know if we've ever had. I, I have to go back because uh, I didn't start the top five until we were well into the season for to get established. They might go coast to coast here. I don't, I don't see any reason why Boston is not going to be number one for the rest of the season. And for all the reasons that we've stated so many times here, just one regulation loss at home, um, a record of 80 points, 38, 6, and 4, plus 82 goal differential. Just taking a quick look at who is second because it was Dallas, still Dallas at 41. Think about that. They have doubled the team that's in second in goal differential. Think about that. Pretty incredible stuff. 8-2-0 in their last 10, including the loss to Tampa last night. Um, it's just, and again, it's not like anybody. The only one, the only person that you could say is really having a career year is Allmark, and, and it, that has a lot to do with they don't really stress the goaltending because they don't allow a lot of shots on goal. Just a terrific, terrific team. The Boston Bruins are number one, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. So we didn't get a chance to talk to you really since last week on social media because we had EJ back on Monday and we missed the show on Wednesday. So let's dive right in to what you're saying on Twitter. And Donnell Weaver says, hi, Don. It's a local question. What do you see any of the locals doing at the trade deadline and what they need to do for the Rangers, Islanders, and Devils? Well, the Islanders, I think they're going to be sellers. I really do think the window is closing. I hate to do that, and we're not even into February yet, but... 
God, it just looks like the Islanders are kind of a dead stick to me, and that's disappointing because I've really been high on them over the last couple of years. Heck, I had them winning the Cup last year, and they didn't even make the playoffs. Um, the Devils, you're hearing rumors about Timo Meyer. They could certainly fit him under the cap. Um, that's a possibility. Jonathan Taves, also a possibility. As far as the Rangers are concerned, it feels like they need a right winger. Ben Harper got a contract extension from the Rangers. That's pretty good. They've got to move some money around to make a major deal. But I do think that a winger is in their future. And I think both the Devils and the Rangers, if they want to make runs, Donnell, I think they're going to have to make deals. You saw the Rangers do it last year with Kopp and Vetrano, and that got them to Game 6 of the conference final. Uh, I like this Devils team, but there's not a ton of experience in the postseason. A little bit from Dougie Hamilton in his Calgary days. So it's not like they have none, but their big stars are all kids. So that's why I think... A Jonathan Taves would be perfect. He's got three cups. He's a leader. He can win your face-offs and just be a stabilizing situation in that room without a ton of veterans. Um, so that, those are what I think is going to happen with them. Uh, uh, let's see. David says, Pick The conversations I've had with fellow game misconduct fan Courtney She's brought up that the Rangers' reverse retro jerseys are cursed. Sure enough, New York is 1-6 wearing them. My question is, how superstitious are you? Are they cursed or just a weird coincidence? It's a weird coincidence. It's the best question we've ever had on this podcast. And Anthony's been on this, too. My producer, Anthony, has been on this as well. He hates the retros. I think they're better than the ones from years past. But still, when you've lost six of the seven... Trying to think off the top of my head who they played wearing the retros because it's usually on nights where it's it's pretty good teams that might have something to do with it, but it's really right, Anthony. It's all superstition because you shouldn't play any differently when you wear them. Very tongue in cheek from me, but I just don't understand why there's such a love for the logo other than Yager's amazing season. Why? Everybody loves them so much. I don't know because um, they've never won with them, Don. Ever? Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not good. And it, well, he, here's the easy answer. Do you want the easy answer? I love the. Uh, listen, we need easy answers. Well, you wear the retro, the reverse retros at home, and this has not been a great home team. I mean, they're twelve nine and four at home. It's now one help. and six, one and six. They're not that bad at home, but clearly. Um, the fact is, they only wear them at home, and they have been very average at home. Matter of fact, if you were to just you know take the overtime and shootout losses as actual losses, you've you've gone to a Ranger game at Madison Square Garden and left with l- more losses than wins at Madison Square Garden, right? So they have played what twenty five was it twenty six games? Let me see. Let me just count them up because you know how bad I am at math. None of us they, are good at math anymore. They <laughs> on the show. So they have played twenty five games at home and have won twelve of them. That's not good. So that's your answer is, you know, maybe what they need to do is is find a way to, to wear the retros on the road to see if it is about the jerseys. But right now, I think most of it is all seven of those games have been at home and they have been very average at home. But I, I there, there's some retros, reverse retros that I love. And again, this is going to come across as whiny and complainy. I get it. But some of you can't even read the numbers. Tampa's reverse retros, they should set fire to them. They're disgusting. The color scheme is terrible. It reeks of just ugly 90s hockey. Awful. Um, I don't like 
uh, at all the, the the Panthers. You can't see the numbers. It's blue on blue. Uh, the stupid hockey stick and palm tree. Not in love with those. You realize that that's the one done by our by ESPN and everybody else. That's like virtually loved by everyone. That they think that's like the best one. Well, try calling a game when you're way up high. Now again, I'm, I'm making it about me. I'll be the first to admit that. But go to a game and then you don't know who's playing. Look, I okay. hate most so of them. I so hate you, them. You don't have to. You don't have to convince me. I, I don't like most of I, the all. Listen, I love the Devils ones. The throwback to the old Denver, uh, the uh, the Colorado Rockies. I like those, and the numbers pop, and I can see them. They're beautiful. I, I like the ode to the Montreal Expos that the uh, Canadians are wearing. Some of them are very nice. I love what the Wild are doing with the throwback to the North Stars, okay? And I guess it's aesthetically pleasing, the Dallas Stars with those neon green. But again, try calling a game or try watching a game knowing who's on the ice, so I'm saying, so it's not, you know, me, a first world problem. It's I'm trying to do my job, but also I think if you're watching the game and you want to know, you want to be able to identify the players. I don't think I'm asking too much. Is that so anyway, wrong? We'll see. I guess we'll find out when I look at Twitter later. Sean says, uh, my dream is for the NHL to go to four divisions per conference like the NFL. How would you divide the locals? Rangers, Islanders, Devils, and who is four? Bruins, Flyers, Kraken? <laughs> okay. Oh, God, let me think about that. Probably right. Philly. It's got to be Philly, Because right? you got to keep Boston with Montreal. Well, well actually, I guess you can't, can you? See, you, you you can't separate the three locals, right? So if you're going to go with uh, if you're going to go with the four divisions, and you're going to go four teams per division, you have to keep Rangers, Islanders, and Devils. Have to. So who do you take out now? And, and uh, obviously, all right. You could probably hear, hear me out. If Are you, you married remember, to the divisions now? Are you married you rem- to it now? But if you remember, Anthony, sure. going back, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't that long ago, and it wasn't for too long. Mm-hmm. There was a time where the Penguins were not in the Rangers division. Yes. All right. Very briefly. And then if you go back to the old time with the four divisions with the Southeast, the Capitals were not in the Rangers division. Right. So it's not that crazy. Because it's happened before that Washington and Pittsburgh were not in the division. So as, as tough as it is to lose Ovechkin and Crosby and the rivalries that have been created in recent years with the Capitals and Pittsburgh, you can I guess you can live with that. And you could certainly live with Columbus and Carolina being gone. Because, again, Carolina was in the old southeast. And, heck, the Columbus Blue Jackets five minutes ago were in the Western Conference. Right? So it's obviously Philadelphia. Philly would be the answer. Are you married to the divisions as they are? Where... You keep the four, like, when you break this up, you're splitting four teams in the Atlantic with four teams in the Atlantic. Because then we could just be here for another hour. Yeah, we're going to be here for a while. Exactly. Deciding. deciding, like, what, like, if you split up the Atlantic and then are you bringing, you know, Boston into the Metro and then moving Columbus out to the uh, Atlantic? I, and I, I, need, I need to chew on this. I would like to, I would like to. to we could do a whole podcast. A little bit this. more time on there. We're already a half hour in. I, I think we can dedicate an entire What do we have to go on? What do we got going on until three o'clock? I, mean, I want to. You can do it past three. I think. I think we can. Well, I think well, we should bring it. Thing. This is our you're, lead today, by the way. But but you know, but get, I just I hate the fact. I do. I despise the fact that you know the New York Rangers, who I cover, who are an original six team, that have rivalries with the Canadians and the Boston Bruins. They hardly play those teams. It just seems odd that the original six teams that you know that the Rangers and the Blackhawks only play twice. You know, it doesn't make sense that the Blackhawks and the Red Wings only play twice. Does that make sense? All those rivals that go back all those years. I want to find something that makes it. Uh, all right, so so all right. 
You make a good point. You're so talking got, almost all Canadian divisions, by the way. Let's start with that. Because you well, probably that would be unfair. Do. We saw that in the in, in the stupid bubble, <laughs> and how did that, it worked out for the Canadians. But you know that's that's a that's a lot of travel and, and and things to deal with. So all right, so you've got you've got those so those four right. All right, you got to put the Devils, Rangers, Islanders, Flyers it would be a division. Okay. Then you so, got Carolina, Washington, Pittsburgh, Columbus. That's not awful. Carolina, Washington, Pittsburgh, and Columbus. Is that if, what you said? If you're sticking, yeah. If you're sticking All with right, this so, is what's in the metro, and we're going to keep what's in the metro. All right, metro. so 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 that's fine. And then you look at the Atlantic Division. So let so that's easy. Mm. You want to keep the three Canadian teams together. So let's okay. say Leafs, Senators, Canadians, and then Buffalo, which is basically then, Canada. Or you don't want to, you don't want to take Boston that's, away that's, from that's, Buffalo. No, that's good from a proximity regional standpoint. That makes sense, right? Because of 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 the Sabers' proximity to the Leafs, that now to be Buffalo. So then that leaves you with Boston, original six team, Detroit, original six team. Tampa and Florida. Tampa and Florida. This has legs. Which um, which isn't bad. It's not bad. Because there's a lot of snowbirds, Boston people that, that travel down there. That's not that's not bad. See, the rub is you're, you've got the unfortunate thing of the two Florida teams that yeah. are from a regional standpoint or, or a distance from those. So... All right, well, let's think this through, all right, because you've got the, the, the Capitals and the Penguins with the Blue Jackets and the Hurricanes. So is there a way to put Columbus and Carolina, yeah, Columbus yeah. and Carolina with Tampa and Florida, at least from a proximity standpoint, it's a little bit closer, certainly Carolina and Washington closer than, you know, lumping them in with um, with Detroit and... What did I say? It would be it would be Detroit and uh, Detroit and because you're keeping those together. So Detroit and, and Boston, Boston. So, yeah. So from so wow. that doesn't make sense geographically. Detroit, Boston. De, so it'd be Detroit, Boston, Columbus, and Pittsburgh. Which isn't. Which is not bad. That's not bad either. See, that's why I'm not saying if we're not married to the actual divisions as they sit now. This can get very fun. So that's. Yeah, and then so then you then you'd have the Lightning, the Panthers, the Capitals, and, and the Hurricanes, the, the Hurricanes, like the Mid Atlantic, essentially. I like that. Yeah. No, because what we're going to do next for everybody is we are going to name these divisions. The EJ Raddick division. I, I, I want to go back to the old school, like naming them after actual names instead of instead of regions. All right. So now you go out west. Okay, you got to keep the Kings and the Ducks together, right? You got to keep all three. All right, well, let's, start, let's make it easy. Together, you got to right? keep the all Canadian division, right? So you'd, uh, here, here's what I think: you would have to have the one division would have to be Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, and Seattle. Okay, like, that's, that's fine. Lot. Cool. That, that's fine. Okay. Uh, unless you know, because it's a, it'd be unfair to Winnipeg unless you wanted to go all Canadian. But Vegas, LA, San Jose, Anaheim isn't terrible. No, I like that. You got you got your basically your California, and then you can call Vegas California if you want. It's hot enough there. And then you would go... Central's a little more... Well, the Central, you'd have Chicago, St. Louis, Minnesota, Nashville. Okay. Winnipeg is going to get stuck here, aren't they? Well, somebody's always going to get stuck. Unless you wanted to have the all-Canadian division... Again, of and, and taking and Seattle then take Seattle out, out, out but then Seattle's stuck with no one, one right? Yeah. 
Seattle. No, I like that. Well, you know who gets – actually, I shouldn't even say Winnipeg. Winnipeg does get hurt, but also Nashville because they're so far east. Not that far east, but they're 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 more eastern than all of the other You'd like to keep Winnipeg and Minnesota together from because that's that they're they're very close together. Because Minnesota's basically Canada. But yes, I agree. So if you had Winnipeg, Minnesota, St. Louis, Chicago. Okay. Then Arizona, Nashville. Arizona, Dallas. Nashville, Dallas. Did we mention Colorado? Because then it'd be Arizona. Colorado. Arizona. That's probably the division I hate the most in terms of just like what do we got? What what's going on there? But all right, so if keeping everything together. All right, so let's write. Are you writing all this down? Oh dear God! Okay, wait. So so Colorado. So we had Colorado. Is it Colorado, Winnipeg, Minnesota? Colorado, Winnipeg, Minnesota, and St. Louis. Did you go with St. Louis or Chicago? Oh, Chicago. Well, yeah. Colorado, Minnesota, Winnipeg, Chicago, Nashville, St. Louis, Arizona, Dallas. Like I said, that Nashville, St. Louis, Arizona, Dallas. Well, Arizona, just... Dallas has to be together. Yep. Nashville, St. Louis. Recently, there's a little bit of a... They've played each other a couple times in the playoffs. Yeah, that's not bad. It's not bad. We and can do it. Have the, then you would have the, the Seattle and then the, the Canadian teams. Vancouver, yep. Calgary, Edmonton. That's And, and then, you're, and then you and threw then, Seattle in with the... Yeah, you said you right, threw Seattle, Seattle in with them. Yep. And then you would have Kings, Ducks... Kings, Ducks, say? San Jose... San Jose... Kings, and Ducks, Vegas. And Vegas. And that's your... And that's your all right, so that's your Western Conference, and then in the East we had the the, the the three locals. Well, that's where we changed everything, right? We had the we had Rangers, Jersey Islanders, Philly. Yeah, that's that, that's a lock. And then we did. This is where it got weird. No, then then we had then we had Washington, Carolina, Florida, and Tampa. Tampa. Mm-hmm. All right. Then then you had Pittsburgh with Columbus. Pittsburgh, Columbus. Boston, Detroit. Detroit. And then that that left you... You had the Canadians, the Toronto, and, Ottawa, Montreal, Buffalo. Right. That's nice. That is nice. I li- You know what? I like that a Look lot. Look what we did. Now, now, as far as naming those divisions... Mm. We got to get rid of Metro, right? Because we're going with names. If we went with names, so like, what's a name that represents Philly, New York, and New Jersey? Are we bringing back the old names, Campbell and? Well, I'm just trying to think. We're updating them, right? Because right. we've seen a lot of hockey here. So is it the? <laughs> I don't know because you know. Uh, I know. Yager played for well, who? Yager played for everybody well, but one of those. Yager <laughs> played. Yager played with. Um, Yager played with everybody except the Islanders. Yeah. Go Yager. So we can go the Yager division. Then then we got Pittsburgh, Columbus, Detroit, and Boston. Oh, we're gonna have to think about this. Yeah, this could be yeah. tough. Now naming them is different. The fact that we got the divisions out of the way. If yeah, we sit on not, this let's for save a weekend. That for another time, yeah, okay? we can save We've that already, for another time. You know, and that's the great thing about podcasts, right? If you were bored with this, you can stop it. If if you wanted to fast forward with it, whatever. But I think so that's to to answer the question. That's where we have. All right, so we're gonna re- we're gonna go to an NFL four team division in each conference, and we're gonna have Rangers, Devils, Islanders, and Flyers division. That's terrific. That's gorgeous. You want to make out with that? All right. We can ask EJ about this too. We can, 
And then from a regional standpoint, Washington, Carolina, Florida, and Tampa, also gorgeous. Washington and Carolina built up rivalries in the Southeast. All these teams were in the Southeast Division, so they were all in the same division at one point. That's gorgeous. All right? Then you get then you get Pittsburgh, Columbus, Boston, and Detroit. You keep two original six teams together. Blue Jackets are going to stand out no matter where you put them, right? So you can't get too caught up in that. From a regional standpoint, it's a little off, and there's not really any rivalries, but they're the new team. You can't do anything about that. And then you've got the three Canadian teams, the other three, um, the three Canadian teams and the Leafs, the Canadians and the Senators with the Sabres. Regionally, gorgeous. The, the, East is, the East, I think, is gorgeous. West gets a little funky because the teams are spread out. But I don't think you have any problem with Seattle, Vancouver, Calgary, and Edmonton. I think that's perfect. All very close together. Rivalry already with Seattle and Vancouver here early on for their proximity. You keep the uh, the Battle of Alberta still alive. Perfect. All right? And the same thing out west. Vegas, San Jose, Ducks, Kings. That's perfect as well. All natural rivals, all out west, all geographically perfect. Arizona, Dallas, Nashville, and St. Louis. Again, not perfect because they're kind of spread out. But Arizona and, and, and Dallas are close. And, and, you know, Nashville and St. Louis, not that close, but close-ish. And then we've got Colorado, Winnipeg, Minnesota, and Chicago. I, this is good. And look, it hurts, it hurts a lot less than, than Tampa and, and Florida flying to Canada. Isn't that like the right, longest well, trip outside of the West Coast ones? Like, that's it, the it, longest trip they have to take. So I don't think anybody's going to be complaining about I don't think about, anybody's. But, again, you're always going to – Dallas is always going to have – no matter where you put Dallas – um, Unless you Nashville. move Dallas, <laughs> because no, because the, the, listen, when we when we travel with the Rangers, we did, did Dallas, Arizona, like that was that was the trip we took. So obviously, from geographic, it's pretty close. You know, um, Nashville and St. Louis again. There's, there's no way to make it absolutely perfect, and you already have a situation where Tampa and Florida are so far away from the rest of the division. This is actually from from a geographical standpoint makes the most sense. You keep a lot of the rivalries intact. All right, you do take Boston and Montreal, which I'm sure they'll bitch and moan and complain about. But really, under the current format, you know, when you have to play teams in your division four times and teams outside your division three times, really, it's not that much of a difference as far as how many times you play. And you keep the keep the the, the bigger rivalry certainly as Canadians and Maple Leafs that stays intact. I think that you know what, Mwah! I love this. I love the idea. I love the concept. And obviously, I saw Gary Bettman last week. If I presented this to him and I said, "Gary, here is an idea for four divisions in each conference," I present it to you. Like I get a silver platter, everything. Present it to him. If he looked at it and didn't do it, it would be ignorance and malfeasance. I think this is great. Thank you to I, who brought you know this up, by the way. I, I, yeah, we got to give credit to. Um, between that, oh, I mean, it was ba- Sean. Sean, between that, was that back to back Liberty jersey then the divisions? Because that might be the two greatest questions. Yeah, we've those ever are had. really. I, you know, I like it. Yep, it was David Hine and then right to Sean. So we didn't go as deep into the social media, but I think this is. I'm proud of this podcast. I'm proud of Sean. I'm proud of Anthony's and, and myself and, and the work that we put in. This is spectacular. I love this. This is really. I. I. I this is the way to go. I really think it's the way to go. I agree. And moving forward, and we're bringing this up to EJ on Monday. I am, uh, uh, you know, the Rangers' last game. I'm not doing the game tonight. I'm just doing the pre and post tonight. So I will not get a chance to be in the building like to present this to people tonight. But And then the, and the Rangers go on the uh, – they don't play again until February 6th because they got the All-Star break and everything. But once I start milling around and hitting the road – I'm going to be in Vancouver in a couple of weeks. That's a big – that's a hockey hop. And I'm going to start presenting it to people in the know. 
I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to put this in an envelope. I'm going to present this to Chris Drury when I see him. He sits right next to me when I'm calling game. I'm going to hand this to him. I'm going to make it look like it's something Yankee, something he's going to want to open because he's a big Yankee fan. Put a K and, envelope. We'll give him an envelope with Michael K on it. And, and I'm gonna, um, we're going to present this. You know what? If I had, unfortunately, we got the champ. Not unfortunately, we do enjoy championship weekend in the NFL. But if this was like in a normal like February where football was all over and everything, I, I think this is a segment on the K show. Next if week, Michael didn't like it. I, I, I tie and gag him. Wow. Because this needs to be talked about. And this needs to be discussed. All right. Thank you to Anthony Pusick for everything that he did. Thanks for everybody for contributing today. I've got to go. We're 45 minutes into this thing. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Back with you again on Monday. We'll present this to EJ Raddick. You want to get in touch with me, best way to do that is at Don LaGreca, hashtag Game Misconduct. We'll talk to you again on Monday. This was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.